as I told you before, in America I have felt very strongly that either Ananda Ma or Swami Shivananda would leave the body very soon. And I was right. Swami Shivananda left his body only two weeks after my last visit to him. Ananda Ma remained here for 19 more years, during which I spent many times with her in India, traveling with her. For the last 15 of those years, our ashram was under her direct supervision, and she advised me very carefully and in detail, including the Christian aspects of the ashram. You might be interested to know that at the request of the nuns, Madhaji was also the spiritual director and advisor of the Christus Seva Ashram, a convent in Pune, for several years before she left this world. I find it difficult to write or describe those times with her, and it is impossible to attempt describing or defining her. Some years back on the internet, a woman posted a request that someone who knew Ma would tell her what Ma was like. Reading that, I vividly remembered when during a visit to our ashram by Swami Kriyananda, one of our members asked him, what was Yogananda like? And Swamiji replied, he was not like anything. He was unique. In the same way, I knew that no one could tell that inquirer what Ma was like. They could try, but they would fail. So instead, I would like to tell you about her mother, Srimati Mokshara Sundari Devi Bhattacharya, who became Swami Muktananda Giri, but was usually called Didima or Giriji. In January of 1963, I went with my friend Ronnie Bond and her adopted son, Inderjeet, to the town of Modinagar, which is about an hour's drive northeast of Delhi. That morning, the huge Lakshmi Narayan temple was to be consecrated, and Anandamai Ma had been invited to participate. It would be my first darshan of Ma. The town was crammed with cars and buses, and it was difficult to find a place to park. As we spilled out of the car, someone clutched my arm and said, pointing to an auto several yards ahead of us, Go quickly! M Mother is in that car. <laughs> so I ran, but when I reached there, I saw immediately that Mother was not there at all. Instead, sitting in the front seat was a tiny woman swathed in the orange, the gera, clothing of a monastic. In retrospect, I have no idea how I knew the little figure was a woman, for her hair was cut short, almost shaven. And she looked for all the world just like my great uncle, Riley Maxey. But that is how I had my first darshan of Srimad Swami Muktanandagiri, the mother of Anandamai Ma. I learned afterward that Giriji had been a great yogi, even when young, and there are indications that even then she had disciples, but they did not pay, make it public. She was married to a true saint, Sri Bipin Bihari Bhattacharya. Giriji was unique in that she had totally interiorized 
her illumination, concealing it completely from external manifestation. Mother Anandamai said that such an accomplishment occurs only once in many, many centuries and was a great wonder beyond any miracles that could possibly be worked that such a one as Giriji rarely appeared upon the earth. Although after her enlightenment, Giriji, who was beforehand virtually illiterate, had written exquisite hymns in Sanskrit delineating spiritual experiences reaching far beyond the bounds even of the Yoga Shastras, the classical texts on yoga. And she had never done anything that could be taken as a miracle. Instead, she passed her days sitting quietly, Japamala in hand, reciting the name of God. When asked by others why she did this, since she had no more need for formal spiritual practice, she would say, I'm doing it for my disciples who do not repeat their mantra. Now, speaking of disciples, Srima Anandamai did not take on the role of guru and did not give initiation. Instead, when anyone asked for initiation or diksha, she told them to receive initiation from Giriji. As a consequence, Giriji gave initiation to a great many people who did not really care anything about her and who told people that they were Ma's disciples, not even mentioning Giriji. One man bragged to me that when Ma had told him to be initiated by Giriji, he replied, I will do what you say, Ma, but you have to be present for the Diksha, and I will still consider you as my guru. So, as I say, Giriji bestowed her tremendous grace and love upon a multitude of people who could not care less and never gave her a thought. But that made no difference to her. She loved and she cared, and she looked after them all. Most people who came to see Anandamai Ma had no idea who the frail elderly person dressed in Garawa and usually sitting next to Ma even was. When Ma would leave, they would surge after her, and more than once I saw people push Giriji aside and nearly knock her down in their haste. She would look at them with total calm, without a flicker of annoyance. Her humility and patience were the humility and patience of God. Without exception, every time I saw Giriji, she would instantly pranam to me before I could pranam to her. Over and over this happened. One time when she was at Bhagat House in Hardwar, the home of the Raja of Solan when he was in Hardwar, as I was walking there from Saptarishi Ashram where I was staying, I said to myself, today I pranam to Giriji before she gets a chance to pranam to me first. The moment I see her, I will pranam. I came up to the gate of Bhagat House. There was a large courtyard and beyond it a large satsang hall. I turned to the right to go in and saw Giriji sitting in the satsang hall looking at me and already pranaming. So I gave up, <laughs> happily, but such was her humility and kindness. I profoundly experienced that one time at the Delhi Anandamai Ashram. Now this is going to have, to have some 
uh, unpleasant aspects and accounts in it, but it seems to me really important that I try to convey how humble and wonderful Giriji really was. All right, here goes. It was very warm, and everyone was outside the ashram in the dim light of evening. Ma Anandamai was reclining on a wooden cot, literally glowing in the dark with soft light, as Brahmachari Brahmananda, also called Vibuddha, was singing devotional songs seated in front of her. Didi Ma was sitting with the future Swami Dayananda Giri in the back of a kind of covered porch or three-sided room. Being bold, I sat right at the front, but on the other side, so as to not block her view of the outside. As I sat there in peace and wonder, looking and listening, a hideous, harsh voice grated out from behind me, which I will not even attempt to imitate. But the words it said was this, this little creature over here, do you think it's a man or a woman? I have been trying to figure it out. Turning, I saw a Western woman standing directly behind me, apparently having entered from the back. What do you think, she demanded of me. What is it? I was stunned. Such coarseness and such rudeness toward this venerable holy person. Why, that is Swami Muktananda Giri, Mother Anandamai's mother, I told her. And as I spoke, I looked toward Giriji and found her looking at me with calmness and love. Then she looked toward the interloper, also with peace and love, then turned back to me. The conversation was not over, and my interrogator went on and on about how she was part of the staff of the Italian embassy in Delhi, how she disliked India, and how could anyone keep their health in such an awful place and such a terrible climate, and on and on and on. And all that time, Giriji never looked away from me, and I did not look away from her. Those were some of the most prized minutes of my life. Her gentleness and kindness far outshone the awfulness that had led up to it. All this happened the first time I went to India. On my second trip, I traveled overland from Germany to India and on to Dehradun for the annual spiritual gathering known as the Samyam Sapta. I arrived there three days before it started. It was evening and I was standing outside a small house where Ma Anandamai was staying right in front of a window with drawn curtains. Suddenly, Giriji spoke from inside, conversing with Sri Guru Priyadevi, whom we all knew as Didi. Hearing Giriji's and her occasional gentle laughter, I made a prayer of fervent thanksgiving to God that I knew the sound of her voice. On the morning of the fourth or fifth day of the Samyam, Hundreds of people were in a large pandal, that's a kind of flat roof tent, listening to discourses by various spiritual leaders, mostly sannyasis. At one point, Giriji came up onto the platform and sat right in front. At one time in her life, she had worn glasses, but now did not bother. 
and it was evident that usually she could not see clearly at all. But that day her eyes were filled with light like stars. I know no other way to describe it. And she was looking all around, up and down and side to side, obviously enjoying the ability to see everything clearly. At the same time, she radiated intense life, strength, and joy. I have no idea what brought that about. But as you can, I expect, suppose, for the rest of the morning, Giriji was the only object I looked at. And I took full advantage of it. My last darshan of Giriji took place in the Delhi Ashram Satsang Hall. I was sitting at the back of the hall when Dayanandaji came in with Giriji, whom she led right over to me. Giriji was holding her hands together in pranam as she came, looking steadily at me and smiling more radiantly than I had ever seen her do. When she was in front of me and I had bowed down at her feet, as I rose up, I saw that her hands were holding many small red flowers. She extended her hands and put the flowers into my hands, then stood there smiling, quietly laughing in joy. Then she pranamed and left. In my visits to India, I met a family of great devotees, disciples of Giriji, who knew her as their heart's treasure. The father was a manager supervisor of the Mammoth Howrah Railway Station in Calcutta. The love of him, his wife, and their children for Giriji was total and pure. Even when they were small, his children loved to sit with Giriji and serve her in any small way they could. They even cut her fingernails sometimes. She was the center of their life, no matter where they might go. When Giriji left her body in Hardwar, one member of our ashram, Prangopal, was there. The afternoon of the day before her Ma Samadhi, he was standing at the door of the satsang hall when Giriji came toward the door. He moved aside to clear the way for her, but she moved too toward him. Coming right up to him, smiling and holding out her hands, she filled his hands with flowers, pranam, and went on into the hall. Before dawn the next morning, she left the body. A samadhi tomb was dug for Giriji in the garden of the Kankal ashram. Her sacred body was placed in it, and a marker, a kind of brick and cement cube, was placed over it, and a small cement walkway was made around it for circumambulation. Now here is the interesting thing. Nearly the entire samadhi shrine I'm not speaking of the temple that is there now. I just mean this simple, this simple structure. Nearly the entire thing was made by only the members of that devoted Howrah family and our Prangopal. Prangopal took many pictures throughout the day showing the progress. In the final one, he was kneeling around the Samadhi with that family of devotees. Although she had so many disciples, and there had been a large gathering at the time of her passing, Giriji obviously intervened and saw that only those seven or eight people should make her samadhi. The flowers she gave Prangopal were brought back to America and given to me and kept in our temple as holy relics. 
Later, one of Giriji's kurtas was given to me by one of her granddaughters and then was kept with the flowers in a special carved box made in India. Several years later, in a private conversation, Mother Anandamai told me that when Giriji left her body, she assumed the form of Shiva and was now in the highest realm of relative existence, Satyaloka. She also said to me that I had received a special grace. She used the words Vishesha Kripa, a special grace from Giriji. At the beginning of my first trip to India, I learned a Bengali song in which there were the words, We have not forgotten your meaning for us. I have not forgotten Giriji, and I know well her meaning for me.